Welcome to episode 28 of Fearless Rebel Radio. This episode is probably a little bit of a different topic than ones we've done before, but she is one of my favorite authors and she's someone that inspired me to make really big changes in my life. So let me ask you this, have you ever dreamed of quitting your job and moving to a tropical paradise to spend your days in a hammock instead of working 24-7? Well, that's what this woman did. I interview Nadine Hayes Pisani, author of the Happier Than a Billionaire series. And even if you don't want to move somewhere tropical, if you just have a dream that you want to pursue, you are not going to want to miss this episode. All of the show notes, including links to Nadine's books, can be found at summerinandin.com forward slash FRR 28. SummerInandIn.com slash FRR 28. As always, remember, you can go to SummerInandIn.com, that's me and my website, to grab my free ebook, 10 Rules to Break to Ditch Dieting and Love Your Body, plus a whole bunch of other freebies. Or just type in SummerTheNutritionist.com. But yeah, just head there and you can grab my free ebook if you don't have it already. All right, let's get started with this show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. I am so excited about today's guest because she inspired some of my recent life-changing events, and I'm hoping that she'll inspire you to follow your dreams too. Today's guest is Nadine Hayes Pisani. I hope I said that right. Nadine is the author of the Happier Than a Billionaire series. The third book, Happier Than a Billionaire, The Escape Manual, has just been released and is the how-to on moving to Costa Rica. So Nadine is originally from Linden, New Jersey a town known for its Exxon refinery. Despite the high levels of benzene fumes and occasional toxic spills, Nadine had a wonderful childhood and has no apparent side effects from the pollution. But she eventually became a chiropractor, as did her husband, took out $100,000 in student loans, only to later realize that she would much rather swing in a hammock than spend 12 hours a day in an office. So she packed up everything and moved to Costa Rica. (laughs) She's currently working on a reality show, Building Up an Appetite, which you'll be able to find on YouTube at youtube.com slash happierwithless, which I will link to uh, all of your books and uh, your YouTube channel in the show notes. But welcome to the show, Nadine. Thank you, Summer. I am going to be fearless today on this podcast. Absolutely (laughs) fearless You can ask me whatever you want. I love talking about my life in Costa Rica. It really is a dream come true, what my husband and I did, which we should have done before that student loan, by the way. We should have decided this. Seriously. So, So, yeah, I mean, 
I'll just kind of tell you right now that, um, you know, recently I, my, my husband and I like spontaneously, uh, packed up and, and, you know, sold our house, moved across the country without, uh, like a true solid plan, um, in order to kind of live in a place where it sort of feels a little bit more like vacation every day. And at the time I was reading your second book, happier than a billionaire, the sequel. And, uh, there's one part in the near, near towards the end. And I can't remember. And I tried to find it and I couldn't find it, but you just kind of talk about like, now is the time, you know, you have to take risks. It's going to feel scary. People are going to doubt you. And I remember showing that passage to my husband and being like, okay, like we're doing this, we have to do this. And uh, so I, I truly do thank you for inspiring me for for having the guts to do something that was a little bit uh, way outside my comfort zone. Um, but before I go on and on, I have so many things to ask you and I would love our listeners to really know more about your story because I've read all your books, so I know it, but please tell our <laughs> listeners about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Oh, Summer, I just hated my job so much, Summer, I just hated it. It, it. You know, it was, being a chiropractor is great. Um, the, the business end of it started to stink, you know, with insurance and things. And um, my husband and I just looked at each other and said, are we going to spend the rest of our lives in this office? We, we paid off our student loans. We just paid off our business loans. We just paid off our mortgage, so we, yeah. we, we, we did all the adult responsible things to do, and we just looked at each other, and we were so miserable. Summer, I mean, we, we're doing everything that everybody is telling us will make us happy, yes. everything, and we are more miserable than we've ever been. We work all the time to stay afloat. Um, we, we bought a house, we had two cars, and... In the end, I was happier when I was, my gosh, when I was in my 20s, I didn't have anything. You know, like I, I was happier when I had less and we were trying to figure out how we could fix it. And because I am not the brightest person, for me to fix things is to completely eliminate everything out of my life. So we really just looked at each other, said, we're going to do what everybody says they want to do. We're going to just sell it all. And we sold it all, and we moved to Costa Rica with four suitcases, a cat, and a dog. <laughs> and I didn't know anybody here. I don't know Spanish. It was just a crazy rash. Jeez, I don't know. Some might say irresponsible, but we knew deep down in our hearts that this was the right move for us. Yeah. And that's amazing. And so how long did it take you to plan that move? You know, was it something that happened more spontaneously <laughs> or did you plan it for a while? Because you, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, you came home one day and you're just like, I've had enough. Let's get out of here. And I know in your first book, you talk about wanting to kill Rachel Ray and that being kind of a symbolic oh, moment. <laughs> see that? I was just, you know what? It, it's really bad when you find in your life you're upset by happy people. You know, I was getting upset by looking at smiling people and happy people. And I was just at a point where I was just so irritable and so miserable. And my husband, he, when he was working, I mean, he got overweight. He was too much. I was just flat out in a bad mood all the time. And 
you know, he, he started to say, why don't we just do it? And I was hesitant. I'm like, well, my parents think we're crazy. And then he got ill. He was in the hospital for a week with a stomach condition. And that's when I realized, what was I going to do, Summer? Was I going to wait until, you know, somebody has a heart attack or, or, or he's really sick to finally follow our dreams? So I wish I could say I did years of research on this, but literally just said, we're just going to do it. And luckily, his practice sold within two weeks of us putting it on the market. It was just so strange how everything was happening. It was just like everything was pointing us in the right direction. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. So it sounds it sounds like everything kind of like fell into place and fell into place for you. But, you know, what kind of what kind of doubts did you did you have going into it? You know, it's funny. I had before he was ill, I, I, I had a ton of doubts because my, my parents were so angry that we even mentioned it. I mean, just just furious. Uh, what are you doing? You know, we left the States at 37. At that time, I was 10 years into my practice. So 10 years is you know, usually the magic number, it's when, okay, you, you're, you just paid off your business loan. Now's the time to really make your business work. And my parents thought we were nuts. We were throwing it all away. So I had them on me. But when my husband was in the hospital and he was laying in the bed, it just all clicked. Why was I listening to everybody? Why, why was I listening to their decisions on how I should live my life? I'm an adult. I'm an, an adult and I should be able to plan and design my life any way I choose. And, you know, being a chiropractor is an interesting thing. I dealt with people in pain every day. Every 15 minutes was a new person with pain. And I saw how their dreams were crippled by having a bad back, by getting a bad knee, by having a bad shoulder, by wanting to retire and, uh, you know, RVing across the country, which now they can't do because they're ill. So I saw that every day and it all just clicked and said, I want to be young enough that I can, and I can swim. And can, I can actually enjoy this process summer mm -hmm. instead of being a little older and having uh, health issues to be concerned about. Yeah, that's such a that's such a, an amazing uh, point to bring up. I think so many of us are saving for the future, but you get to a point where you first of all, you may not be around to enjoy it or the people that you want to enjoy it with aren't around, but you can't enjoy it fully. And uh, that's just I, I just like admire you so much for for doing that. And, you know, I think the, you must have heard, like you said, a ton of kind of doubts and lack of support from your family and friends. Like, how did you how did you manage that with them? How did you kind of I, I know you said that you you sort of overcame it by saying to yourself, like, why am I listening to everyone else? But how did you manage the relationships? <laughs> Poorly, I think. <laughs> I don't think you can. You know, it's hard because your parents are your parents. You know, yeah. they're not saying those things to me because they're, they're, I, you know, they, they, they want the worst for me. They're worried. I'm ruining my life, mm -hmm. you know, so they're saying it out of love and they're saying it. And most people say it out of fear because they can't picture doing it. So, you know, I had to, to kind of wrap my head around that. And also you've seen this, you know, you go on vacation and you meet people who do really interesting, cool things. And I remember we went to Bermuda years ago when I think we were 
just married. And a woman was filming Taurus on the boat snorkeling. So after she was done and she was in a hammock, I said, oh, that's interesting. You film people snorkel. She goes, yeah, I was a banker. I used to work on Wall Street. And I hated it. So I packed up. I moved here. And now I film Taurus. They paid me 40 bucks for the CD. And that's what I do every day. I work a couple hours. And then I read my book. (laughs) And I started thinking, wow. So, you know, she always stuck in my head. So when you make this move and you're doing something like this, you get dumped in a pool of people who are doing it. So now I look around and there's all these people who had the same idea I had. So now I have so much in common instead of being back in the States and being like, you know, the lone wolf with this nutty idea. And you know what? I used to people used to say things to me like you'll be back in a year. Mm -hmm. I hated that summer. That was like the it felt it's made me feel like I was joining the circus. Yes. Like to be back in a year. And then I was thinking, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be back in a year. And I'll make sure of it. I'll make sure of it because I'm going to sell everything and I can't come back. I'm not going to have anything to come back to. So um, you just, you know, you got to get past the naysayers in life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, it, I find that sometimes those naysayers fire you up to, to do it even more because you're like, I will prove you wrong. <laughs> yes, my husband says I have uh, I have Napoleon syndrome. I have short person syndrome. So, you know, you tell me I can't do something. Yeah, I tend to want to do it even more. What, uh, you know, how did you overcome? Was there anything specific that helped you overcome the fears that you had about like, oh, my God, is this going to work? What are we doing? Like, we have nothing to come back to. You know, you didn't really have a plan B per se. And so, you know, do you think almost like not having a plan B was was beneficial to helping you overcome the fears? Or was there anything else that helped you to overcome the fear? You know, the, the big transitional moment, and I'll go back to when my husband was sick, was in one split second, the fear of not doing it outweighed the fear of what could happen. Mm. Like the, the fear, it just shifted. In a moment, the scale shifted. And the fear of, oh my gosh, five years from now, I'll back in this and say, I had one shot, one shot, and I didn't take it. And when after college, I remember not backpacking through Europe because I was saving for graduate school. Yeah. And I said to myself, I'll have time to backpack. I'll plenty of time when I'm older. And then there's mortgages and student loans and business loans. You don't have time for that. That's a one moment, one snapshot of your life. And I didn't take it. I thought about that. And I knew that it was like I was Muhammad Ali. I had one shot for it. I had one shot and I was just going to go for it. And I didn't care if I failed summer. I was not going to look back and think of what my life could have been. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's, I think, you know, like what you're talking about here, obviously we're talking very specifically about your situation, about packing up and and moving to Costa Rica, but I think it just applies with everything in life. I mean, you know, you, you really, you, you have to get over the idea of, of failure and become like ambivalent to the idea of of failure because mm-hmm. it's otherwise you're going to be stuck on that treadmill um and it's going to keep you where you are and secretly you know 
like this secret life. You know, I'm in the office and I'm working 12 hours a day, but in my mind, I'm traveling around the world. I'm zipping across countries. You know, I'm like this wonderlust, fabulous person. And that's not who I was. Mm. I did, you know, I, I was in the office. So I was letting my dreams just, you know, take me away and daydream. When finally I had to say, listen, I need to change my life. And that's easy to say. And the hard part is the changing of your life yeah. to match what you think it should be. And I think, like I said, you know, there's a moment in time when we all have them. There's a moment in time when you know you should let go of friendships. Yeah. There's a moment in time when you should move closer to family or farther from family. And you know it and you feel it down deep in your gut. And I think that's like what you just said. You have to be okay with making those decisions, the fallout from those decisions. Because a lot of times that's when you crack the egg open. That's when your life changed. My life never, my life didn't change during the easy part. Because in a way, the easy part would have just been to work and stay at my job. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, you know, it was funny because I was going through this thing where I would be in my, in my house. I was a home improvement nut. Oh, we need wood floors. You yeah. know, get wood floors. Oh, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if we had new cabinets in the kitchen? <laughs> get new cabinets, you know. And then nothing made me happy. Nothing made me, maybe for a split second. But nothing made me happy. So, you know, when you be, when you narrow it down like a funnel and find out exactly what you want and what's going to make you happy, you've got to split it all away. It's splinters. And all the people, there's going to be fallout. And like you said, you have to be okay with that because it's those moments that you really find where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so you bring up such a good point there because um... – you know, my husband and I actually talk about this all the time that we, when we were living back in Toronto, you know, like we renovated our kitchen and like we had this amazing sink and this amazing stove. And I said to my husband, I was like, this doesn't make me happy. Like having this amazing sink doesn't make my life happy, you know? And cause we, you know, we really, we downsized and got rid of so much stuff to, to live right by the ocean and mountains now. And, um, that's what makes me happy. And so, you know, and you taught, you mentioned this in the beginning is that, you know, when we're in college and I, I had a similar experience, like that was the happiest time in my life. And I, you know, barely had any money and my possessions were like pretty much whatever would fit in my bedroom. And that was <laughs> milk like, crates, yeah. milk, milk, milk crates for furniture. Yeah. I'm behind that milk crates for end tables, milk crates for coffee tables. And that was the happiest I've been too. I mean, that was some of the best times in my life. So, you know, my question to you is, you know, I think we, so many of us rely on possessions and money to make us happy, but it really doesn't fulfill us. And I think it's a, it's a hard question. It's a hard reality to, to, to look at and to deal with, like to really go through that experience where you maybe like put new cabinets in and then you're like, wait a minute, life is still the same. So what, you know, what, how did you find and how did you know what was really going to make you happy? Oh boy, that's the question of the year. <laughs> I knew, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to spend more time with my husband because all we did was work yeah. and we never saw each other. I knew that when I would come home at nine o'clock at night, I was irritable and I was unkind and I wasn't always in the best mood and I could have spoke softer. Um, there were things about my 
just didn't like what I was turning into. So, you know, happiness to me was like you said, going back to a place where um, I was a little more sure of my emotions. I was a little more in control of them. You know, I remember going to the doctor and I said, this is just killing me. I'm working all these hours and, and it's every day and I'm working on the weekends. And she was going to give me an antidepressant. Mm. And I said, well, okay, but the problem is my life. I need an antidepressant for my entire life, like for the rest of my life. <laughs> so she goes, well, you know, I could just give you something. And I said, no, you know, I, I need to figure this out. So happiness was in such small increments of what I wanted, you know, so small. It was, it was really just getting back to a, a wonderful, loving, happy relationship with my hu husband. And like funny things, like we, we, we have a scooter, we go to the, the farmer's market on, we're in the fresh open air. You know, it was, it, it's, it's a hard one to answer. And I've asked myself that a lot because I don't want anybody to think that I'm anti-money or anti-possessions or anti-rich. I'm happy, you know, listen, people can take their helicopter to the farmer's market for all I care. It is fine with me. Everybody can live however they want to live. I just knew that the way I was portraying myself was not a true reflection of, of what I knew I was capable of. So I kind of wanted to get back to, to that, that small part of me that was just fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a, that's such a good way of, of putting it because, uh, you know, fulfillment is different for everyone and, you know, your path is not going to align to, to everyone else's. But, um, I certainly think it, it gives people, uh, something to think about and something to pause and really like assess, you know, do these things that I have right now, are they really fulfilling me? And, you know, what is it that I'm seeking that's going to give me that, that fulfillment and kind of thinking back to like a really, you know, freeing, happy, peak moment in your life, and then defining, you know, what was there that created that. And then that's, that's kind of a good guide to tell you like what you yeah. should seek out. I, I think sometimes you can get confused with nostalgia. And I don't want people to just reminisce back to my fun college days and they were fun and they would be fun <laughs> to, to relive them. But you know, it, it's not that I'm not looking I'm not looking for those exact moments, but the pieces of it that were me really defined the type of person I wanted to be. So, so that I guess that was always looking for, and I, I'm still searching for that to some extent. Yeah. And so um, just in terms of kind of like going from the rat race to the, you know, Costa Rica lifestyle, how I, I'm a total type A personality and I always like to have a plan. So, you know, while I do dream of certain things, I often get stumped on the how, like, how am I actually going to make this happen? Like, I need a plan. And, you know, did you did you go with the flow or did you have a pretty concrete plan? I don't think anybody should have a concrete plan if they're moving to Costa Rica. I think, <laughs> I think when you move to Central America, you have to go with the flow. And I think those are the happiest people because it is very different. I mean, there's days I don't have electric. There's days I don't have water. Um, there's, you know, there's days you go to the, the supermarket and you just can't even find the things that you're used to eating. And you just kind of have to be okay with that. But the side effect of this, which is fabulous summer, is that 
when you don't have electricity and then it comes on, you're really happy. Yeah. And, you know, in the United States, that happens every so often, but it happens a lot here. So your problems are very limited to a few things. Do I have electric today? And do I have water today? And when you do, you're ridiculously happy about that. So you're not thinking about other anxieties like a fight with somebody or, you know, what your friend said about you a week ago. You don't have time for that because you just want to take a shower so darn bad that when that water comes on, it's just so exciting. So if you're the type of person who can just go with the flow with that type of thing, you're going to be very happy here because it's a slower paced lifestyle. It's desperately what I needed because my mind was twisted and full. It was the monkey mind, as Buddhism would say. It just ran and ran and ran and ran and I wanted to control things. And once I came and realized, well, not only do I not understand anybody's summer, I didn't know any Spanish at all. <laughs> Everything's strange. We're buying all the wrong things in the supermarket because we can't understand the labels that in a way, that's exactly the switch I needed in my head because I didn't have time to be concerned about nonsense. I had to, I don't want to say survive because that sounds a little crazy, but I had to learn how to pay an electric bill in Spanish. I had to learn how to go to get a driver's license and get these weird medical exams for the driver's license. Everything was so bizarre that I was so concentrated on those things that it was what I needed. It really stripped all the garbage out of my life, for sure. Yeah, and, and you talk about a lot of those experiences in, in your books about, you know, things taking weeks and like having kind of <laughs> like just ridiculous systems and, and, the, and the way that things operate there. How long did it take you to go from like that monkey brain to slowing down and going and going with the flow? Like did, you know, was it kind of like a, a week later and you were like, whoa, I feel like a totally different person or, you know, is it still kind of a work in progress? I think, you know, when, when we first moved here, we moved into the mountains. So I'm on the top of this mountain. No, new neighbors are pretty far apart. So nothing like New Jersey, that's for sure. And I would start to do yoga. Yoga was a saving grace for me. And it's funny because as a chiropractor, I would tell people to do yoga. Of course, I never did it, Summer, because I didn't have time to do yoga. So I was like, you know, maybe I should do what everybody tells me I should do. And as everybody knows who's done yoga, there's that meditative side to it that's so wonderful. That is what I harnessed, that mind that I had. It harnessed it, and it just brought it down to something that I can work with, my brain and that type A personality. You just, it's hard to have that in yoga. It's hard because the whole teaching of it is to slow down and to control your mind. And it was in those moments. Oh, and a funny side note, within like a couple of weeks of moving here, we had this small budget. It's like $1,000 a month that we had to live off of. And I am still doing QuickBooks summer for our budget. <laughs> Two cents was spent on celery. So I'm, I'm plugging it into the computer. My husband's like, what are you doing? This is exactly what you shouldn't be doing. Why are you doing QuickBooks? We didn't come here to do QuickBooks anymore. I'm like, no, but I'm, I'm getting it down to the penny, our budget. He's like, no. No, that's got to go because, you know, first off, we don't have enough money to care about that. You know, we're, we're living off so little and we're, we're careful you don't have to do that anymore. So so really letting go of that type A, like I'm going to organize everything and pinpoint it down to being on a mountain, doing yoga every morning, taking deep breath, summer, a deep breath. I mean, really, 
I didn't take a deep breath in 10 years. Like a, like from the belly, from the diaphragm, deep breath. So learning all those things was just monumental. It, it just rapidly changed the type of person I was. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I think it's really cool. I mean, I sort of, you know, often when I go on vacation, I'll experience it probably usually by week number two, but it's quickly goes away as soon as I go back to Mm -hmm. go back to reality. And uh, yeah, it's something that I try, you know, I, 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 that's, you know, my ultimate goal would be to be in that mindset all the time. I just think, and I, and I love how you, you, you said, you know, it's just, it comes down to, you only have these like simple problems to deal with, like whether there's going to be water or electricity and you just, that would create so much appreciation for just the little things in life instead of, um, all the, all the nonsense that we kind of stress ourselves out over for no reason. Sure. I've had my problems here that I've chronicled in the books and some bigger problems than others. So I, I think I just learned to stay calm. See, my husband's a real calm guy. He's calm. He's an optimist, Summer. He thinks everything is always going to work out. Oh, that's good. And I always, think, I, I always think it's not. I'm just always like, ugh, you know, we're going to drown. We're going to drown in this kayak for sure. It's sinking, Rob. The kayak is sinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but we'll swim. You know, like he's always like right back with, we'll survive. Don't worry about it. So I'm lucky that I have him on my side. And I'm lucky that um, living this lifestyle has made me better able to deal with problems, the big ones, you know, but better able to. It like not go from one to a hundred. I mean, talk about short tempered. Mm-hmm. I got really short tempered by the end of my career. I mean, I was really insurance companies were driving me nuts and I would just go just go crazy on the phone. And now I don't do that as much anymore. I think a little bit more about my words, you know, slow down, say, you know, you don't always have to say something irritable. You could say something kind, even in a miserable situation. So um, I'm relearning some skills that I think I lost when I got too stressed out in the rat race. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I, you know, I initially kind of um, got in touch with you because I stalk you on Instagram (laughs) and your social media. And, uh, you know, your life looks amazing, you know. So would you be able to walk us through what a typical day is like for you? Okay. This is funny because everybody asks me, like, what's the best part of your day? And it's breakfast. And I'll explain to you why. When I worked, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, I used to be so tired in the morning, drag myself out of bed. I would get an egg sandwich from a gas station summer. Yeah. I get a cup of coffee, eat it in the car on the ride, and uh, just rush, rush, rush. I get up. I make myself coffee. I cut up fruit, Summer. I don't think, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't think I cut up fruit the entire time I worked. Like, I actually sat there with a cantaloupe or a pineapple and cut it up. And I make myself eggs. I have some fruit, maybe gallo pinto. And I have a calm, normal moment in the morning where I sit down and I eat. And I eat slow. And that is the moment perfect moment of my day because there's not one moment that goes by that I don't remember being in the car while it's snowing and I have to 
get to the office and I'm eating that horrible egg sandwich in the car, just <laughs> rushing, 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 rushing. So that's how my day starts. And then I write. That's always the biggest joy. I love to write and make people laugh. And right now, while you were, uh, while I was waiting to get on air, like I said, there's all these parrots in an almond tree outside my house. So I'll take my coffee. And, and it's funny about the pictures because honestly, Summer, that's what I see. Yeah. I take these pictures and uh, somebody just said something. Most people are positive, but somebody said something real negative on Facebook recently about you make it look so beautiful. And there's all these problems there. Summer, I'm just taking pictures of what I see. Honest yeah. to God. I mean, I'm not like editing them and taking away, you know, horrible things to the right or, you know, like I literally see beaches every day. I see monkeys every day. I see these beautiful things. And one of the biggest transformations for me here was, my gosh, you know, there's so much negativity everywhere on the Internet. And when I first moved here, there weren't any positive websites there aren't websites saying move here. Or, I mean, everybody's so negative and mean and you'll get robbed and you'll get killed and all these things. And when we moved here, we said, what if we just were grateful for it? And that's how we presented our things. We're just grateful. And that's how I am. I'm grateful I live in a place that has beautiful weather, that I get to watch monkeys and toucans and uh, I get to go right down the road and kayak and use my GoPro underwater and see all these great fish. And when you start living like that, you know, it's a shame summer because I wish I could have learned this when I was back in the state because I really think I could have applied it. If you just start being grateful for the moment you're in and not keep thinking about future or, or, you know, being upset about the past, almost like every day could be fabulous. And, and that's how I feel here. I don't think anybody needs to go on Facebook or any other thing and see negative, horrible things written. There's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing that. I just want to give people a nice, happy, you know, safe place they can come when they're sad or they're lonely or they're tired and just see something pretty and inspiring. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's what I think about when I take pictures. You know, I get a lot of, of emails and some that are – the most precious are the ones where people are undergoing chemo. And they tell me they go to chemo, read my books there, and they laugh. And I think about that a lot when I write. I think about people who just need a moment, just need a moment of laughter, need to dream about a place that they may never go to, but they want armchair travel. And it gives them hope. And I think a lot about that and how that's just what I try to do every day. I just try to always say the, the kind words and be grateful what I have and wanting to share it. And I'm just so happy you found my Instagram account. That's great. Oh, it's so, oh my gosh, it brings so much joy to me when I see it. I just, it's always so just alive and beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I'm a huge armchair traveler. I think my husband's obsessed with travel books and he's actually the one that discovered your first book, Happier Than a Billionaire. And oh, you know, that's that's great because men write me and they say, you know, I don't read women authors. Yeah. But I read your book and it was funny. And I always think that's hilarious. Like I wonder, like when they're on Amazon picking a book, do they just overlook anything with like a woman's name? They just Some, like forget it. Yeah, sometimes they do, but he, yeah, no, he loved, like he loved it, and he was, and um, because he, he reads all of books, like any book like that, he's read, and so he, um, I remember I, I just didn't have a book, and I was like, I need to read a book. He's like, Summer, like read this one, you'll, you'll really 
you'll really like it. You'll like her writing style too, because you know, it's just similar to kind of like the way that I write on, on my blog and whatnot, just trying to be like more humorous and upbeat about stuff. But, um, yeah, no. And, and I, I just think it's really cool that you, uh, said that it's, you can still kind of take some of the lessons and apply it to your life. Even if you are just like an armchair, armchair traveler or someone who just kind of like fantasizes about this, like you don't have to get stuck in the fact that maybe this won't happen to you. And I, and I also Mm -hmm. like, you know, in your latest book, the escape manual, how you sort of lay it out. Like you're like, you know, you can do this, just come down here for a week and you've already like done something or come here for two weeks or come here for six months or come here for a year. Like you don't have to do what we did. And, uh, I love how you kind of give people like the, the different options to, to experience this life. Yeah. I I don't want people to ever think that they need to pick up and, you know, move to a foreign country and, you like to travel armchair travel suffices sometimes even just taking a vacation is enough you love it here there's so many people who vacation here every year for days no interest in moving here but they just love it because costa rica has such an interesting country how it's like it was smushed by houses so you have very high volcanoes and then you have sea level beaches so one day really high in a winter coat on top of a volcano, and then later in the day, be at the beach at 90 degrees. So it's it's a great place for biodiversity to see a lot of wildlife and a lot of nature. So there's a lot of different things to do. And that is enough for people. People retired. Maybe they just want to do three months here, and, and that's enough. I don't want anybody to ever think to follow my footsteps. But uh, I'm just like you. You know, I, I've traveled to space through a book you know i've Mm -hmm. i've i've been in you know csi cadaver labs through books and you experience all these wonderful things when you read that for many that's just enough and there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. yeah and so you know for people who are are kind of wanting to you know take the leap like what's what's the number one question they should ask themselves if they're on the fence about doing it but not sure Are you, what I had standing, it, are you more in fear of not doing this than doing it? Once that's, once that shifts, once those, once those scales shift and you find that you, you fear what you may miss out on, that's when you should do it. I think everybody comes to that point eventually. If they really want to do it, they, they, they come to the point. I think if you're not there yet, and you have a spouse that wants to do it and you don't, that's when I see the problems here because the other, the other spouse just wasn't ready. They were almost ready, but they just didn't quite make it there. Yeah. Do you know anyone that's come to Costa Rica and then regretted it? Yeah. You know, there's people who come here and they come with no money at all. And you can't work here legally. Although you'll see gringos working as waiters and doing these things, that's most likely they're illegal. I don't want to say they are, but most likely they're working legally. You can open a business. That's legal. So I know uh, I have a friend who's a yoga instructor who has this incredible yoga now. So people who have really good, um, if they're good on- entrepreneurs and they've had businesses before, so they're willing to fail and pick, their, you know, pick themselves back up. 
or they have like a year's worth of uh, money saved up so they could try to work at a business. Those people are more successful. I, I, oh my gosh, you want to hear the worst one I had? A girl read my book. She's 21 years old. She was inspired. She gets on a plane with no money and goes to the Osa Peninsula. Somewhere, that's the jungle. Oh, that's the yeah. southern end of you the You write country. about that in the second book, I think, right? Like you went down there. Yeah. And, did you encounter al- alligators down there? I can't remember, but. Oh, there's, there's everything. It's amazing. <laughs> but, it, it's, but she met somebody on Craigslist, a roommate on Craigslist or something. So I get this frantic email from her. You need to pick me up. Oh my goodness! This did not work out as planned. I have I don't have any money. Need help right now, and my gosh, I gotta have to be at least twelve hours away from her. So the only thing I could say was get on a bus tonight, get to the airport, and uh, your family to Western Union money. Get out of the country immediately if you're in trouble. Just leave. So you know, there's that spontaneous thing. I I was not somebody who who traveled the world in my early 20s and and backpacking in the hostel thing. So my story is different. Mm. I worked, I sold my practices. I didn't, I don't have enough money for a lifetime. I had enough money for 10 years and I'm doing what I'm doing. So I'm definitely not telling people to come here without a nest egg or without a little bit of money or without, how about just some experience in the work field, you know, understanding that type of concept of working hard and a lot of hours and having your own business um, I, I want people to understand that. Although, you know, do you know how many surfers are here living in a van down at the river summer? And they're like the happiest people you've ever met. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how they make it. They do. They make it on peanuts. I don't know what they're doing. Probably giving surf lessons and they're happy and they do great. But that's their story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's a great story. But un- unfortunately, that's just not mine. Yeah. And, you know, what are what are some of the risks of doing that this that you wish someone had told you? What are the risks? You know, oh, my gosh, that's great. I'm so upbeat. You know, I've been here long enough and suffered through things long enough that I just don't feel there are risks anymore. I, I almost feel like there's opportunity in every lousy thing that's happened to me. Um, you know, it would have been nice if somebody told me about the earthquakes. That oh yeah, been have you nice. have you experienced yeah. them or are a seven, you on a follow-up? A seven a seven point eight one a couple oh. of years ago. Wow. Terrifying, most terrifying thing I ever lived through. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the ground is going to shake hot <laughs> all the time. So I mean, well, I'm from the East Coast, so we don't deal with that. You know, people from California they rolled their eyes when I when I complain about this. But uh, yeah, maybe that. I would like to know that. That's important. I think. Just just a heads up, you know. <laughs> I love that that's the only thing. <laughs> I don't you know. Everybody asks me, like, you know, what do you miss from the States? What product? You, I just learned to live without things. I, I learned to just be happy with what I have. Um, you know, it's just, it's just so pleasant to just be, you know, standing where you want to be. You know, I guess the bigger thing, like the second book was about this piece of property I bought and I'm having issues with water rights. Maybe I think good advice would be come here, rent, you know, rent, move around, see where you want to live. I mean, that's a very responsible thing to do, (laughs) but, um, you know, maybe maybe that's a good takeaway from it. But otherwise, you know, it's it's it feels like gravy compared to being in just gravy. Yeah, that's awesome. And your third book like really, really 
kind of answers a lot of those specifics, like should I rent? Where should I live? Um, you know, I really commend you. That must have taken a lot of work to pull all of that together. Um, and I just, I think it's well, like, it's, it's so helpful. It's challenging because, you know, Costa Rica is hilarious. They change rules all the time and laws, and you don't know they changed. So then I find out it changed, and then I have to fix it in the book, and then it changes back to the original thing a couple <laughs> months later. So I, you know, I, I feel I felt very responsible with that book. It's the book where I give information, real information, real names of people. I don't want to, you know, lead anybody down the wrong path. So it was. I don't screw it up. I, I give them the best I can. But it was funny, like this, the scooter thing. Do you need a scooter license? I don't know. I really don't know. You ask the guy renting scooters, he says no. You ask, you know, they say, oh, no, you need a scooter license. So there's some things you just, it's not like in the States, you figure it out. So, yeah, so a lot of things were challenging. That's why I joke in the book results. You know, I got residency, but you, well, results may vary. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. So, uh, yeah, that was a funny part of the book. You know, that little disclaimer, well, results may vary. Yeah. I got a driver's license. I don't know if you're going to, but. That sounds so, I, yeah, that, that really frames it up really well. And I love, I love the way that that's kind of like the theme intertwined because you're like, (laughs) you're like, you may, this may cost you uh, thousands of dollars. It may cost you no money. Results may vary. Yeah. So it feels like, I mean, it feels to me like more and more people are starting to do what you, what you do in terms of moving to Costa Rica, because it is like one of those places that is so beautiful and attractive, but also, you know, you can become a citizen. And so how are the locals reacting to, you know, to more expats coming there and becoming citizens? This is one of the good things about having very poor Spanish speaking ability is I don't know when people are complaining. <laughs> I'm in the supermarket, people are behind me. Are they complaining about things? Are they complaining about the politics? I know every third word. So I live in this like happy little bubble of just, just, I think everything's great. My friends are Costa Rican. They seem to like me. I think they <laughs> laugh at how I, how I speak and we joke around and, and of course, Tourism is great for the economy, and there's always that other side of it. It raises prices. It complicates things. There's these big, grand economic issues that people like to debate with me on, whether it's good or bad. And I, I, I am just not a scholar in, like, the, the gross domestic product type conversations. All I know is, you know, tourists come. They hire the guy to take them on the beach with their horses. The tourists come, they hire this guy to go fishing. The tourists come. So in a way, it creates a nice economy and and people are happy. But you know, travel is interesting because we're, we all have different cultures and we all act different. A little weird, right? We're a little weird in our way we do yeah. things. So I think the, the, the Costa Ricans get a kick on um, how quick we lose our tempers. We want things to be a certain way or we want people to know English. But it's funny because they just don't care. They don't argue back with you. You know, they have a Pura Vida lifestyle. They're just like, well, if you want to ruin your day complaining, you're not going to ruin my day. So, you know, they don't go battle with you. You know, they're not going to argue with you. They're just going to smile at you, laugh and just say, oh, you know, what a jerk. 
So I think everything is nice and we all get along. But uh, like you said, you know, I'm sure they laugh about funny things about us behind my back. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Maybe not you specifically, <laughs> but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that come there kind of expecting like, you know, North American standards of things and quickly realizing that it's very different. <laughs> Listen, how about this? You are not going to get a good flush in Costa Rica, in any <laughs> toilet, in any resort. You li- is just pervasive the plumbing issues here and it drives people nuts i mean there are places and a lot of places you're not even flushing your toilet paper down the drain you have to put in a waste receptacle <laughs> next to the toilet which freaks people out which really isn't the biggest complain about it to the, the the poor staff person at the desk and the staff person's like listen i can't fix the septic tank overnight this is just the Seven tank that we have and you just have to deal with it and this is just how things are so yeah there's there's a lot to get over i think some people who enjoy the differences just laugh at it yeah and i think some people and i understand that type of mentality where man you only had a week of vacation this whole year and you saved up the whole year for it and you want it to be everything you think it, it should be and I can see where the disconnect is because then when you don't have all the conveniences you're angry so I, I think it's, it's those people that need to know ahead of time, these are the things. Listen, if you can't flush your toilet paper, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You'll survive. Yeah, just look outside at your almond tree with the parrots. <laughs> exactly, Summer. Just look, go, go and check out the monkeys, you know, get out of the room. And uh, if, if you go with, with that type of attitude, it's, it's going to be paradise. I mean, I've never, my gosh, I mean, I, I know I joke about where I grew up and Linden and it, it's, you know, it's that part of the turnpike that everybody says, wow, that smells really bad over there. You know, it's like <laughs> that joke of New Jersey is where I grew up. And I make a lot of, lot of uh, funny jokes about it, mainly because I'm living in paradise. I mean, there's not an oil refinery here. There's not toxic spills. Or I, used, I grew up and our sky was yellow from the sulfur, from the Exxon refinery. And it smelled like uh, rotten eggs when you walked. Wow. So this really resonates with me and i tell people this is a super saturated com- uh, country the colors can blind you they're so green and they're so blue and they're so pink when i put up those sunset photos they're unbelievable i'll look up and the sky's lavender the entire sky is lavender and that never gets old that's always amazing to me every single day i've been here for seven years summer and every single day it's still amazing to me and I'm so grateful that I found a place where my life fits, you know, it just fits perfectly. That's so awesome. So, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that you, you had enough money for 10 years. Do you think, will you ever come back or are you going to stay there? I don't know. I, I hate to say, I, you know, I want to be here, but I, I know that anything could happen. You know, many different circumstances could change. I want to live here. I'm building my house this year. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, talk about uh, irritable bowel syndrome, which I read a little <laughs> bit about the state manual. I mean, when my husband said, we should do this, we should build that. I'm like, I can't. He goes, why? I'm like, because I'm irritable. I have irritable bowel syndrome. There's no way I can build a house without just being irritable every second of the day. And he's like, no, this is the time. We need to do it. How bad can it be? So I'm all in, Summer. I'm here. I want to make a life here. I enjoy being here. Um, but, you know, I want to... I'm just hoping my story is happily ever after, no matter where I'm at, just happily ever after. 
Nice. So as we wrap things up here, I always ask my guests, what's the most fearless thing you've ever done? Mm, I'm sure you have I, many. I feel like you have probably more than most people I've ever interviewed. No, I, I, you know, I got on such a high when I moved here and we're doing all these things, you know, hiking and zipline. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit of a badass, you know, I, I, <laughs> I used to be a chiropractor, but I'm international now. Like I'm doing things. And we were in Panama on a visa run, and he, I read somewhere, I don't know, it was Lonely Planet, or somebody just told me about this cave in some jungle that you can go in, and there's the rare albino bat. And I never thought about seeing a rare albino bat ever summer. <laughs> and I just said to my husband, yeah, we're going to go see the rare albino bat. He's like, but nobody even knows where this place is. Like, no, we hired this guide who's like this 16-year-old kid who would get on a boat, drive to this island. He's, he, it's funny, he's smoking a bong the whole time, which <laughs> usually is a clue. This might not be the best guide. But anyway, we, we, we get there. We walk. I, I almost trip in uh, quicksand. I've never seen quicksand before. That was pretty cool. Not falling in it. That's not cool. But actually him grabbing me, the guy, and saying, that's quick. Don't step in it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty wild. But we get to the cave. There's a subterranean lake in it. So I don't know. I just thought, wow, I'll swim in a subterranean lake <laughs> in a cave in Panama. And the lake got deeper and deeper. And it gets darker and darker until it's completely pitch black. And then I see the guy tap the water. I'm like, why are you tapping the water with a stick? He said, a crocodile lives here. <laughs> and don't worry, the last person who came here, it just swam past us. My husband grabbed me, grabbed him and said, that's it. We're turning around because we hear the crocodile, but he's deeper in the cave. Oh, my gosh. So, who would even know where I was? Who would even look for me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like in the moment uh, it was it was clarity at this moment where I'm like, you are from New Jersey, for heaven's sakes. What are you doing here? Like, what are you trying to prove? Anyway, we hiked it back. Flashlights on the ceiling. There's the abound bat. I saw the abound bat. Oh, at least you end. saw him. That's good. <laughs> I did see it. I survived it. But after that experience, I'm like, you know, you don't have to be that person, Dora the Explorer. You don't have to go to that extreme. It's cool enough. That you're living in Costa Rica, living a happy life. You don't have to go face to face with a crocodile to prove to everybody, you know, how daring you are. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can where can people find you? Um, all my books are on Amazon. Happier than a billionaire titles. Uh, our YouTube channel. This is fun summer. I'm doing a reality show. Yeah, tell me here. about that. That's. So my husband and I goof around, do some fun stuff, and in the end, we cook, and then we break bread with people we meet. So that's just been a blast, and it's being received really well. So I'm very excited about that. Our YouTube channel is called Happier With Less. But even if you punched in Happier Than a Billionaire, you'll find it on YouTube. And uh, Instagram's Happier Than a Billionaire. Facebook is Happier Than a Billionaire. Twitter is, of course, Happier With Less because, of course, Twitter is 140 characters or less, so we have to make everything less. And I'm just everywhere. Any time people contact me, I will I will always write back to them. It's it's been a fun ride, an unexpected ride, and I'm just so happy that you contacted me and I get to share my story. 
Yeah, I am. I am like just uh, really, really honored to have had this opportunity with you. Like I, I hope that people will, you know, listen to this and be inspired to read your books because they are, um, they give so much more insight. And I think if anyone is, has like questions that they wish I, I could have asked, just read the books because you are, um, you, you really like, first of all, you tell your story in a hilarious way. It's so great for like that art and chair travel that we were talking about. But the escape manual, you really like lay it out in terms of like, here are all the questions that people ask me and here are the answers. And um, it's really like a pretty clear cut guide to making it happen if that's what you want to do. And um, I appreciate everything that you're doing to inspire people. I just think it's amazing. Thank you so much, Summer. And uh, just to let people know if they read the escape manual, Results may vary. Yeah, results, results may, may vary. vary. <laughs> I'm not sure about everything. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to. Are you going to write another book? Do you have other books? In the, oh in the works? yeah, I, I have. Considering we're building a house and it's a different measurement system. Um, you know, Americans use English. It's, everything's got to be metrics. We already built a pool that's like Olympic size. That was all wrong. And, uh, or at least planned it. We planned it and looked down on a piece of paper. And I'm like, this is like from Michael Phelps. Like, what, is, what, what did we do wrong? And uh, the architect's like, you got to remember, you know, this is a different uh, system. And we're talking to Spanish. We're trying to, it's just, oh my God, if I get this house up, it's going to be a miracle summer. It's going to be an absolute miracle. But there'll be a book out of it. Yeah, more Rainer, stories, right? It'll be, it, it'll be, it'll be funny. That's for sure. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I loved this. And uh, rock on. You're the best per Vita Summer. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinanin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod. Until next time, rock on.